All right, it's good to be here tonight. Take your Bible, if you would, please turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 26, please. 2 Chronicles chapter 26. As you're turning there, I just want to say thank you to Pastor Ernan for the opportunity and the privilege and honor to preach for him and, and be with you here tonight. And uh, as he mentioned, we have some common friends. And um, one, of my, one of my, well, really one of the best friends I have in the ministry is, is Brother Shemesh. And uh, through the years, really the last 10 years, God has just allowed me to have a relationship with him and uh, glean from him and learn from him. He's been a real blessing to our church, and we've tried to help that work there in Thailand, as no doubt this church and your pastor has. And we were able to preach for him last November at his conference there in Nakhon Sawan. And in addition to that, uh, Pastor uh, Manser and also Pastor Lloyd and, and others are common friends and, and some in the States as well, Pastor Fisher. And so really we're, we're thankful for the opportunity, my wife and my son Micah, to be here. And then we'll leave tomorrow morning to fly up to Brisbane for uh, Good Shepherd Baptist Church as a leadership conference, and, and uh, we'll be there and preaching for him and looking forward to that as well. And then we'll go back to Seattle uh, where it's, it's I think it's, uh, it's around three degrees right now, a little different than here, just a little bit. And uh, that's actually warm from what it's been. We've had some snow. We don't get a lot of snow in the Seattle area. We had about, uh, what we'd say, 12 inches uh, about a foot of snow uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, Pastor Lloyd was, matter of fact, he was with us, and uh, they almost got snowed in, and uh, I got him a flight to get out of town just in time, and the flight he was ha had was, was canceled, and so he was able to get out and, and make his way back, and so a little bit different weather here, but it's nice, I enjoy it, it's a blessing, it's warm, uh, but much different, no doubt, than, than Seattle in the month of March. And uh, tonight we're going to be in 2 Chronicles chapter 26, and really if I were to title this lesson, this message here tonight, it would be the difference between success and failure as we look this evening at the life of Uzziah in 2 Chronicles 26. And what I'd like to do is just ask you to read with me uh, just a few verses here to kind of paint the picture for this message, and then uh, we'll have a word of prayer, we'll get right into the, uh, to the lesson here tonight. Notice, if you would, in 2 Chronicles 26, let's look at verse number 8, and then we'll read through verse 16, and again, I'd ask you to pray with me, and ask God to meet with us and speak to us tonight from His Word. Notice, if you would, in verse 8, the Bible says, and the Ammonites gave gifts to Uzziah, and his name spread abroad even to the entering in of Egypt, for he strengthened himself exceedingly. Moreover, Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate, the valley gate, the turning of the wall, and fortified them. Also, he built towers in the desert and, and digged many wells, for he had much cattle, both in the low country and in the plains, husbandmen also, and vine dressers in the mountains and in Carmel, for he loved husbandry. Moreover, Uzziah had a host of fighting men, and went out to war by bands according to the number of their account by the hand of Jael and the scribe of Messiah, the ruler under the hand of Haniah, one of the king's captains. Now I want you to notice verse 12. The, 
The whole number of the chief of the fathers to the mighty men of valor were 2,600. And under their hand was an army, 300,000 and 7,000 and 500 made war with mighty power to help the king against the enemy. Look up here for just a minute. We'll read the last couple verses. As we look at this story, kind of do the best you can to, to envision or see in your mind's eye Uzziah and, and how God had used him and, and all the great exploits that had taken place. And then watch carefully what happens. Notice, if you would, verse number 13. And under their hand was an army, 300,000, 7,000, and 500, and made war with mighty power to help the king against the enemy. And, and Uzziah prepared for them throughout all the host shields and spears and helmets and, and habergeons and bows and, and slings to cast stones. And he made in Jerusalem engines invented by cunning men to be on the towers and upon the bulwarks to shoot arrows and great stones withal. And his name was spread far abroad, for he was marvelously helped, say the last part with me, till he was strong. Verse number 16 is the key. But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. For he transgressed against the Lord his God and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense. Let's have a word of prayer together. Heavenly Father, thank you again for this time and for your word and for the opportunity on a Sunday night. Many folks in here could have been anywhere, done anything, but they chose of their own free will to come to church to hear a message from you. And I pray tonight that you would grant us wisdom and discernment and understanding and the Holy Spirit of God would take the things of Christ and reveal them to our hearts and help all of us to take something home tonight that would be a help and an encouragement, not just uh, for the week or for the month, but uh, maybe a lifelong principle that will remember our dependence upon you. And we'll thank you for it and give you the glory for it's in Christ's name we pray, and amen. The difference between success and failure, and I would say if you had the choice, if somebody came to you and you had the choice, what would you choose? If you had the choice, would you choose success, mediocrity, or would you choose failure? I know that's kind of a dumb question. I don't really know anybody that would choose mediocrity or failure. We all want to succeed in our business, in our ministry, in our families, in our own. How many of you agree with that? Say amen. You want to succeed, of course, and that's good, and it's admirable, and that's the way that it should be. But the irony is that success that we all seek can easily destroy us if we're not careful. We're not careful. We've all heard stories of athletes and musicians or movie stars or businessmen or businesswomen that, whose success opened them up to temptations that ruined or even killed them. And that's because they didn't handle the success properly. There's a poet by the name of Emily Dickinson, and she made this statement. She said, success is counted sweetest by those who ne'er succeed. Uh, I would say, say it like this, adversity has slain her thousands, but prosperity her tens of thousands. 
And yet let that thought resonate. Many people you know have been knocked out of the ministry or knocked out of life. Or When I say that, I mean they had a hardship, they had a trial, they had adversity. And adversity has slain her thousands. But may I submit to you tonight, prosperity, her tens of thousands. It was Charles Haddon Spurgeon that said, the church can survive anything but prosperity. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with being prosperous. There's nothing wrong with God blessing you, even monetarily. But there is something wrong if we don't handle it the right way. Affliction is bad, but for every person that can handle prosperity, there's a hundred that can handle adversity. Now, if you look at 2 Chronicles 26, you see the life of Uzziah. He illustrates the point. He succeeded admirably, but his success seduced him into pride, and his pride led him into, 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 into really a sin that in just a few moments nullified, eradicated, done away with everything that had happened in the previous 52 years. You understand tonight that anybody here, including myself, can nullify everything that's been done in the past with wrong, one wrong decision. That's why the Bible says, A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. Look at verse 23. We see Uzziah, he reigned 52 years. He had many you know, accomplishments and exploits, but he was remembered by this sad epitaph. And you look at verse 23, it says this, He is a leper. Uzziah's life teaches us the seductive nature of pride. And we see what happened to Uzziah. For just three simple thoughts tonight I want to share with you. Number one, we see Uzziah, his success, his success. And look, if you would, in, in chapter 26, would you glance down at verse number 5? I, I didn't read this just for sake of time, but look at verse 5, 2 Chronicles 26, verse 5. Listen to this. This in and of itself is a great reminder. And he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding of the visions of God. And, and I want you to say the last part of the, would you say that last part of the verse with me? And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. Say it with me one more time, please. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him. I mean, let's just be real tonight. That's a principle for us. That's something that we can all take away. And remember, here's somebody who was, was eminently successful and had done so many things and accomplished so much, and his name was was, was spread abroad, and he was, he was blessed. And the Bible says, the Bible you have in your lap says, as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. And I'm not a rocket scientist, but I can figure out the opposite of that. When he became self-reliant, when he no longer sought the Lord, and the ramifications of that. During his monarchy, the nation enjoyed kind of a bright spot in world history. There's very few better success stories than that of Uzziah in its inception. But verse 5 makes it clear that Uzziah's, what was attributed to his success, 
What made him so great? Don't, don't miss this. It wasn't that he was a great visionary. Oh, he was just a great leader. He was a tremendous orator. He had such an eccentric personality. He was just, those weren't any of the things that made him great. Verse 5 says what made him great. God made him great. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. You say, Pastor Murphy, this is 2 Chronicles 26. What does that have to do with me today in the year 2019? That means this principle is clear for you and me. If we want God to bless us, we need to make sure we stay dependent on him. God made him to prosper. You know, just a, a little parenthetical in this message here, and that is that if you look at verse 5, you see something interesting that stands out. It's kind of a side note to the message, but look at verse 5 one more time. It says, it says this, and he sought God in the days of Zechariah. So just I want to give you this little side note to this message here. Here is Uzziah. And God sharing with you and me a principle of, of getting wise, godly counsel. And I tell our church all the time, I say, you know, when you're going to make a big decision, you're going to make a decision, you ought to get godly counsel, amen? The Bible says in the multitude of counselors there's safety. The Bible's replete with verses on counsel. We know that. And so I try to teach this to our church. One time I did a message, and, and some of you were construction, and uh, or you, you know a little bit about it, and and when you're doing construction, they talk about lining up the stakes. And, and I would say to you, to Southland Baptist Church tonight, if you're going to make a decision, do the best you can to kind of line the stakes up. And, and in this particular lesson, I, I put four stakes on the stage, and I tried to, to, to show folks, listen, uh, number one, before you make a decision, just say, is it practical? Very simple. Is it a practical decision? Number two, uh, have I gotten wise counsel? Number three, is it biblical? And number four, do I have peace about it? Once those all four line up, then it helps you to make the decision. And there may be somebody sitting here tonight who's got a big decision to make. You better line up the stakes because uh, you don't want to make the wrong decision. And Uzziah, he sought counsel. As you see in verse 5, he sought God in the days of Zechariah. Make sure you're seeking God and make sure you're seeking wise counsel. So here you have his success. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. You know, it's easy sometimes, it's human nature for us sometimes to forget how good we have it. May I say to you tonight, as Paul said, what do you have, and ask yourself this question, what do you have that you did not receive? I mean, think about, that's what Paul says, and I would say that to you and I'd say it to me. What do you have? Is, is there anything that we have that we didn't receive? The answer is no. Every good and every perfect gift cometh from above, right? From the Father of lights. The very breath you have to breathe right now came from God. Everything you have came from God. And so, when we start, when my wife and I first got married almost 25 years ago, we had nothing. And we just had hand-me-downs, a hand-me-down couch and a hand-me-down table and, and all these different things that, that we were given. And, and you know what? We didn't care. We didn't care. We didn't really like, we seemed like we were missing anything. 
And so, you know, as God blessed and, you know, got this or got that, uh, it doesn't really, did not stop us by the grace of God and hopefully never will, that our reliance on God. Consider, if you would, if you go back to 2 Chronicles 26, and I want you to glance down at verse number, well, we'll look at it in just a minute, in, in verse number 15. Um, we understand true success comes from God. And if God mes- grants a measure of success, it needs to be handled properly. Uzziah, Uzziah had developed a strong army which could wage war. We see in verse, excuse me, verse 13. As a result, we read twice of his widespread fame. God grants that kind of success and fame to a person that should be handled properly and used for the glory of God. It's an opportunity. It was George Washington Carver that said, the only advantage of fame is that it gives you a platform for service. And I think it's also important, I just quick, real quick define, remember, God equates success different than man. Man looks on the outward, God looks on the inward. Secondly, notice if you would in verse 15, we see his failure. So we saw his success, but the lesson for us tonight we find in verse 15 is this. Actually, look at verse uh, 16. When he, when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to destruction, for he transgressed against the Lord his God and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense. He started believing his own press clippings, and, and his pride led him to fall. Someone has said that the human being is the only thing that you can pat on the back, and its head swells up. And it's sad but true. In one hour, he ruined a, a, a prosperous life. And when Uzziah became strong and his heart was lifted up, it led him to enter into the holy place and burn incense, which was only supposed to be done by the priests. The law of Moses restricted that duty to the priests. And, and Uzziah was not a priest. And if, you want to, if you're taking notes or you want to study it later, Numbers 18 Verses 1 through 7 make that crystal clear. Perhaps Uzziah rationalized, yeah, yeah no, I, I know the law of Moses, but let's not be legalistic. Maybe he's, what, what's he thinking? Why would he go in? He knows the law of Moses. He's not supposed to go in there. He'd done all these great things. He's going, you know, listen, I've led our people politically. I've been a great visionary. I've built this. I've built that. Let's just not be fanatical. I'll go ahead and go into the go into the uh, temple, and I'll go ahead and burn incense, which is only supposed to be done by the priest. He's thinking, this isn't gross immorality or idolatry. The only problem was is that God had forbidden it, and pride led him to do that. He forgot where he came from. There's a lesson there for us. It's 1 Corinthians 15. The Bible says these things were written aforetime for our learning, for our admonition. So what led him to do that? Well, we know pride led him to do that. And uh, the devil's at the very uh, core of that. Satan's original sin was pride that led him to exalt himself above God. He wanted to. Isaiah 14, he said, I will ascend to the Most High. I will be like the Most High. I will and I will and I will. And pride led him to do that. 
As Proverbs says, Pride goeth before destruction, and in haughty spirit before a fall. God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. The weaker you and I are in, ourse- in ourselves, the more readily God can use you. It's, remember, didn't David say in Psalm 51, A broken and a contrite heart, O Lord, thou wilt not despise. Paul had to be given a thorn in the flesh to stop him from being exalted above measure. Think about that. Some of you may be sitting here tonight and you've got something you've been praying about. You've been asking the Lord about. And Lord, would you take this away? And, the Lord, and sometimes it's there for a reason. That thorn is there for a reason. And he says, hey, he says this, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Uzziah was tremendously successful, but something happened. So we've seen his success, and now we see his, fa- his failure. His failure. You know, um, it was pretty arrogant for him to go in there, burn incense. And, and something you can tell about any individual, doesn't matter. And, and, and here's the thing, and, and I, I, could, I guess I can understand to an extent, because sometimes when somebody comes and rebukes you, Initially, human nature is to respond. It's just, you know, we want to defend ourselves. But humility says, okay, if I did something here, I need to take this. I need to own this. I need to accept responsibility for my behavior. But something happened here as we get ready to wrap this message up that I want to show you that will be a help to you. And that is it says in this text that 80 at that time, godly uh, priest had went in there and rebuked him for what he did. You can tell a lot about people by how they respond to rebuke and criticism. I want you to notice what he says. Look at ch- uh, chapter 26, verse 17. Notice how he responds. It says this, uh, yeah, chapter, 2 Chronicles 26, verse 17, and, and Azariah the priest went in after him, and with him fourscore priests of the Lord that were valiant men. And, and they withstood Uzziah the king and said unto him, It appertaineth not unto thee, Uzziah, to burn incense unto the Lord, but to the priests, the sons of Aaron, that are consecrated to burn incense. Go out of the sanctuary, for thou hast trespassed, neither shall it be for thine honor from the Lord God. There's a lesson here. Pride is revealed by an angry response to godly correction. Have you ever responded to somebody defensively when they're criticizing you, especially if it's even a just criticism? By the way, none of us, including myself, are above criticism. We're just not. I told our church, I just was going meeting with our deacons just recently, and I try to teach our church even as a minister. I don't believe in blind loyalty. I don't believe in that. I think you respect the office, but there's no such thing. Uh, many negative things can happen through blind loyalty. When you become as powerful as, and successful as Uzziah, you start thinking you're not accountable to anybody. This whole message, uh, I only have two verses I'll give you as we get ready to conclude here tonight, but 
the whole message and the principle that I want you to lead with tonight is, is found in, in Ecclesiastes. Would you, would you do me a favor, hold your place in 2 Chronicles, and the Lord has, has dealt with me and showed me this, and I've been meditating on this really for a couple of years, Ecclesiastes chapter number 4, if you don't mind turning there and, and looking at this particular verse, Ecclesiastes chapter 4. There's something interesting that happens here. And this is a principle. If you're in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, say amen. You're there because I want you to see it. It's a great thought that God gives us. Chapter 4. Here's the thought. Here's the principle. Look at verse number 13. He says this, Better is a poor and a wise child than an old and a foolish king who will no more be admonished. Pastor Murphy, what does that have to do with you and me? I'm not an old foolish king. Okay, granted, take the principle and take this with you tonight. Never, and I emphasize this, never, and I'm preaching to myself, never get to the point where you can no longer be admonished. Everybody knows something you don't know. Therefore, everybody is your teacher. Never get to the stage where you can no longer be admonished. Uh, sometimes, you know, it wouldn't matter who it was, if Jesus Christ, Apollos, anybody, it doesn't matter, the greatest orator in the world, it doesn't matter. Some people aren't going to respond because they can no longer be admonished. And when a person's in a situation where they can no longer be admonished, they're in a grave situation. And here's Uzziah, where back in early days when he had prospered, he sought God and he sought counsel. And when, uh, when Zechariah was there and, 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 and something happened, listen, listen, church, he stopped listening. He stopped listening. You know, it's a good thing sometimes to just prostrate before your Creator. I mean, literally put your face in the dirt, literally, and say, I am nothing and you are everything. Because we are nothing and He is everything. I think it's important that we surround ourselves with people that are willing to communicate with us clearly and tell us things maybe that we don't want to hear. You know, the Bible still says open rebuke is better than secret love. The Bible still says faithful are the wounds of a friend. Uzziah stopped listening to those who would challenge him, and he gathered yes-men around him. I tell, I'll just tell you, our staff, our, our, I have, uh, there's five on our pastoral staff. We get together, we meet, we pray, we have staff meetings, and I tell them all the time, if they were here, they would tell you. I look them in the eye and I say, guys, if there's ever anything you ever see, you come tell me. You communicate with me. If I've made a mistake, if I did something wrong, if I said something wrong, just tell me. I need to know. I don't want yes men around me. I get ready to make a decision and I say, guys, listen to me. I don't want, to, I don't want you to come, oh, that's great, Pastor. That's a great idea. Let's do this. Give me the negatives. I already know the positives. It's my idea. <laughs> it's great. I want the negatives. I don't want to hear the positives. Give me the negatives. If I do this, what do you see? 
and I just solicit. You know, the Bible says this, counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. And that's, uh, it's important for us to remember that as we try to get the right answers, we want to make the right decisions. You, you draw the counsel out. There's a way to do it. Early in his career, Uzziah accepted the counsel of godly Zechariah, but something happened. You know what happened to Uzziah? He was a king that could no longer be admonished. Couldn't be admonished anymore. And now he angrily, angrily rejects the counsel of of, of these priests, and he said, I'm the king, and the priest can't tell me what to do. Ironically, Uzziah sought honor for himself, but these priests plainly told him, look at verse 18, just glance at it, look at verse 18, go back to Second Chronicles, notice what he says, go, they say, go out of the sanctuary, don't miss this, for thou hast trespassed, neither shall it be for thine honor from the Lord God. He was enraged. That's a good test of humility. How do we respond to correction? I'm just going to be transparent. Sometimes I don't respond good. I just don't. And then I have to say, okay, Lord, I needed that. Do you examine your heart before God and admit when you're wrong? Or are you angry and defensive? It's a fair question. And it's good for us to ask ourselves that. Lastly, I'll close with this. It's just a simple thought as we conclude. We saw his success. We saw his failure. And tonight, as we conclude, we see his epitaph. His epitaph. And, his, and for those of you that don't know, uh, the definition of, of an epitaph is a phrase or a statement written in memory of a person who has died, especially an inscription on a tombstone. And you know what is Look at verse 23. Here is the epitaph of Uzziah. At the very end, he is a what? He's a leper. That's what he's known for. No, 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 pastor. All the stuff that he did and all the exploits and, and all the, the engines and the husbandry and what he had done and fortified the walls and the, and the, and the conquering of the wars and all that. No, 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 no. He will not be remembered for that. He died a leper. Maybe Uzziah would have repented on the spot had he been, uh, and, and if he did, maybe God would have been gracious in restoring him. Who knows? We, it's all speculatory, but, but he didn't. Until, he didn't he, here's the key. He did not repent until he realized that he was struck with leprosy. I don't have time to develop it, but you'll see that in the story. He, he, and you know what it was? He wasn't, he was sorry that he got caught. It was like Achan in Joshua 7 and 8. And, and Achan stole in the, the Babylonian garments and the wedges of silver and the wedges of gold. He was only mad that he got caught. There is a difference. And that's what happened here with Uzziah. In verse 20, look at verse 20 of Second Chronicles 26. Look at verse 20. And Amaziah would not hear, oh, I'm sorry, wrong, wrong page, Amaziah. And, and Azariah, the chief priest and all the priests, looked upon him and, and behold, he was leprous in his forehead and they thrust him out thence, 
yea, himself hasted also to go out because the Lord had smitten him. The Lord never healed him. He remained a leper until the day he died. He spent his final years living in, in, a several house, in, in separate quarters. Never again is there any record that he ever worshipped in the house of the Lord again. It's a reminder. It's a reminder for us. Very simple. This is a very simple thought. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. What do, what do I want you to leave with tonight? Stay dependent on God. Stay reliant on God. Every day, get on your knees. Say, God, I'm nothing. You're everything. I need you today. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. Use me. I yield myself to you. Give me wisdom. Stay reliant. Don't trust yourself. You serve in a ministry, you teach a class, you sing in the choir, you play an instrument. God, help me not to rely on my talent. I'm doing this for you. I want to do it in the spirit, not in the flesh. There's an interesting verse that I think is kind of the answer to all of this. And um, I won't have you turn there, but it's in Proverbs. Well, there's one in chapter 30 where Solomon says this. He said, give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me food convenient for me, lest I be full and forget the Lord, or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. There's something to be said about just having your needs met enough that you could serve God and bring honor to Him with the little vapor that you have. My pastor, our, our church has had one pastor for 40 years outside of me. I'm the only pastor our church has had in 50 years, other pastor. Uh, we've had in, in, in 50 years. And my pastor taught us in our Bible Institute class, he would say, it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter if you drive a Rolls Royce or you have the biggest house in the neighborhood or all the money in the bank. It doesn't matter. You could have carpet this thick and you could eat steak every night and have all this. But if you have... If you have Jesus Christ and you can eat on paper plates and a cement floor, you have more than anybody that's got all of that. You know, you know your Bible does say better is little with the fear of the Lord and great, than great treasure and trouble therewith. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. There's something to be said about it and Uzziah didn't get it. Dr. Shemesh always says, he who feasts every day never feasts at all. It's an interesting thought. My dad gave me a little quote. My dad's in our church. He's, he's in every service. And he wrote me a little paper after I said that. And he said, son, here's one for you. Enough is as good as a feast. So there's a principle here. When Uzziah, early on, he sought God. He was just getting started. He sought the Lord, and God made him to prosper. You know what happened with Uzziah? He forgot the Lord. He became self-reliant. He became pride-filled, and he ended up destroying everything. And we read his epitaph in 2 Chronicles 26, and God gave it to us to remember for a reason. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word and for this time of fellowship around your word. Thank you for giving us this story, this message that 
helps us to remember that we need you, that we're dependent on you. Help us not just to coast and to go through the motions and, and all of these things. God, we need you. We're dependent on you. And I pray, God, tonight for this principle in the Scriptures, that you would use it to really help this church and let it resonate in the hearts of all that are here, and including myself, so I can stay reliant on you and in turn bring honor to you. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, and amen. Amen, Pastor.